Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Have got something, a little share, a little saying I want to share with you, my friend, Frank Willem, uh, great entrepreneur, actually. He's been on my show before and told a great story. And, uh, you know, he continues to uh, make other contributions to Coastal Mississippi. He's a good friend. But he posted this from Power Positivity, and his, here's what it said. Some people are going to love you no matter what you do, and some people will never love you no matter what you do. Go where the love is. <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, you know, I've I said a lot on this show that we're, we're, we're going to be a product of the people that we choose to surround ourselves with. And, you know, in the, in the social media world where a lot of our interactions take place to, today, the average person probably consumes a little bit too much negativity and are probably not as aggressive, aggressive at unfriending people, maybe even blocking some people in their world so that they make sure that when they're involved in social media – and in life in general, that they're surrounded by people who are positive, that can make a great, great contribution to their lives. I mean, life's tough enough without negativity attached to it. So go, go to where the love is. That's that's really great advice by my friend um, uh, uh, Frank Willem. Excuse me. Uh, so anyway, listen. When you think about coastal Mississippi, you think about natural resources. I've ta- spent a lot of time on this show talking about the Conservation Trust Fund that was uh, that was uh, uh, finally. Uh, passed by the legislature and signed by the governor is going to give us the opportunity to invest greatly into our outdoor enjoyment in, in this uh, in this state and certainly here in coastal Mississippi, aided by tremendous federal matching funds. But you think about the natural resources we have, the environmental quality of coastal Mississippi is really actually really important. It's important to tourism. It's important to our quality of life. And uh, when I was the publisher at the Sun-Herald, in in my track to become the president publisher of the Sun-Herald, I actually was an operations director for a long period of time and was involved in this sort of almost weekly communication with the Mississippi Department of Environmental Quality just to make sure that our environmental plans were what they needed to be, that we were being proactive and that we were doing more than was asked of us so that we could uh, be responsible citizens in this community. I know a a lot of companies... Uh, you know, say the same thing even today for sure. Um, when I saw this this next guest pop up on my calendar, my immediate reaction was, man, why haven't I had him on the show before? And without any further ado, let me bring in Chris Wells, who is the, um, he's with the Mississippi Department of, of Environmental Quality, and uh, he's the executive director there, and someone that I look forward to staying in touch with now that we're going to have this, this opportunity to visit and get to know each other better. But he was appointed by Governor Reeves, and um, and he, he had some great history at this at this uh, agency prior to that. And then uh, you know he was he was he was a, a trained lawyer. He's done a lot. And I, as I said to him before the show started, it's a great opportunity. Uh, to do so many different things, and and if you look at the sum total of his experiences, it really prepared him well to be the executive director of this incredibly important uh, department, over 400 employees, 
a budget of you know between two and three hundred million dollars. It's a big job. So without any further ado, let me bring my new friend um, uh, Chris Wells into the conversation. Chris, how you doing? Great, thank you, thank you. Good to see you. So uh, where are you sitting right now? I'm in my office in Jackson. So uh, you heard what I said, but you know, you you did have as, as you and I were chatting a little bit about before the storm, before before the show started, the opportunity to do the things you did were really really great sort of prerequisites to what you're doing today. If you, if you think back, what's what is the most significant among them? Huh. Uh, growing up in the outdoors, uh, hunting and fishing and. Uh, playing sports and just being a, camping, hiking, all of that. I was a Boy Scout. Uh, my, some of my fondest memories are, are of, of uh, going on hikes uh, uh, and camping trips uh, as, a, as a teenager. And, uh, and that's really where it all started, a love of the outdoors. And I think that that's what uh, a lot of folks that work at DEQ and work in this uh, area of the, of the world, so to speak, um, that, that it, I think a lot of it uh, start from there. Um, just the love of outdoors and wanting to be able to come to work every day and do our part to to help preserve the the clean air and clean water that that that's necessary for to be able to en- enjoy those types of activities. So, Chris, one of the things that I, oh, go ahead, sorry, I'm, go ahead. I just that's really where it started. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to do Super Talk Outdoors on Mondays and. I, I bring a lot of people into the conversation from the Depart- Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And um, and it, I would say that what you just said about your team is similar to the experience that, that, that I've gained from having these conversations, that they're, they're, they're there because they love this state, they, they want to make a contribution, and I don't. there's not a single person that I've had on the show from the department that wasn't unbelievably passionate about their work. You're, you just said the same thing about your team, but it's true, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. The folks that come to work here every day, um, I, I truly believe that that's that it's somewhere deep down, no matter what they're having to deal with on a particular day, um, it, 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 there's something in them that that wants to do, to contribute, you know, to, to do their part. And, uh, and, and our mission, is, you know, is to protect human health and the environment. Um, and... That's what we do. That's what we, we strive to do it every day. Well, look, I say this on my show, Super Talk. I had the opportunity to join uh, Lake Pickle on the Primo's Truth About Hunting podcast that, that's you know going to the world. And I made my case that Mississippi is the capital of the outdoors in America. When you add it all up, you, you may find better elk hunting over there, better, you know, we don't have mule deer. But the reality is when you think about hunting in the Mississippi Delta and turkey hunting across this state and the diversity of deer hunting that's available and duck hunting and fishing off the coast. And I mean, I could go on, but I, I can, I can make you a really strong case. What's interesting. I don't care what you do in the state. If you came, if you're, if you're from here, you probably have some connection to the outdoors, I mean, at, whether you're on the coast and it's fishing offshore or pier fishing, or, you know, if you're inland, I mean, any number of, of outdoor activities, you know, maybe it's not hunting or fishing at all. Maybe it's just canoeing and, and bird watching and just enjoying, you know, going on long hikes. But, but the outdoors connects Mississippians, doesn't it? Oh, I think it's a way of life. I've said it before. Uh, it's a way of life for so many of us. And even if it's not hunting and fishing or camping, maybe you're 
sitting on the sideline watching your kids play soccer or football or, or whatever it might be, uh, getting outside, that's what we enjoy doing. And, um, and uh, I think it's, like I said, it's a way of life for us. Yeah, let's see. Uh, someone once said, uh, "Into the into the woods I go to lose my mind and find my soul." You know, wow. I mean, but it's so true. It's so true. Uh, all the adventures that I've been. Someone said, "You know, where else can you, where else can you uh, say that you will go out into into the woods and sit somewhere quietly for hours and hours with a pair of binoculars and 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 not move." And enjoy the heck out of it, you know. And I mean, I'm talking about even fidgety people <laughs> can go do that and find this stillness about the world and really get connected to the outdoors. I mean, it's part of our DNA, that's for sure, just as human beings. But but the, but it's more to that. So it's kind of the spiritual the spiritual thing we have. Absolutely. And you've committed your life to making sure that we preserve that beautiful environment for generations to come. Is that what guides you? Yeah, there's a lot that I could be doing. Um, and I, but I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, yeah. So, okay. You know, it, this, the, the agency, the, you know, we talk about the agency having a mission, but I think it, whether you have a personal mission statement, a lot of people do, you know, uh, I don't necessarily have an individual personal mission statement, but the, the mission statement of this agency resonates with me. Yeah. Uh, and, and that uh, coupled with um, you mentioned the responsibility that this this job that I have carries with it. One of those, uh, one the primary responsibility is doing everything I can uh, for the employees of the agency. In addition to ensuring, you know, that the agency overall is is driven and uh, by that mission and try, and we strive to accomplish that mission in every way. But I my job in large part is making sure that the people. Um, the, the employees of this agency have the, the tools and resources that they need to to accomplish that. And uh, when someone thinks about the Mississippi Department of Environmental Quality, for the average person who really hasn't stopped to, to focus on it, how do you describe what you guys do and how are you structured? Well, so we have been historically a relatively obscure agency. Um, we're we're not a really large agency in terms of environmental agencies compared to other states. Uh, we have about 350 employees right now. Uh, we've had as many as 400, a little over 400 in the past. Uh, but we, uh, we, we have four primary offices, but when, in general, we are the environmental regulatory agency for the state. Why don't we do this? This is Chris Wells, the Mississippi Department of Environmental Quality. He's the executive director. And when we come back on the other side, we'll talk about structure and uh, what a day in the life of Chris Wells looks like. And, and also, there's a Mississippi Restoration Summit coming up on November the 10th. We're going to talk about that as well. So we'll see you after this break. or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Chris Wells. He's the executive director for the Mississippi Department of Environmental Quality. And as he pointed out, just as we were going to break, it, uh, yeah, this is a department that can be very obscure unless you're working directly with it, say a corporation, or maybe, maybe, maybe you've, uh, maybe you've done something that uh, you shouldn't have done, and then you'll get the you'll you'll hear from them fast. That that is for sure. But I mean, they're charged with with uh, the environmental quality of the state of Mississippi, and 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 that comes in many forms. And what he was about to tell us is essentially how it's structured. So why don't you pick up from there, Chris, and tell us more about how it's structured. Sure. So we traditionally or, or generally speaking, we're the Environmental Protection Agency for the state. We actually do a lot that people don't recognize or don't realize. We have four uh, off main offices, if you will. Uh, the Office of Pollution Control uh, handles all of the traditional environmental regulatory programs, air pollution, water uh, pollution issues, uh, waste management, uh, solid and hazardous waste management, non-hazardous waste management, and hazardous waste management. Um, and so those are sort of the traditional environmental programs, and that's the bulk of the agency and the bulk of the work that we do. But we also have uh, the Office of Geology, and the, the state geologist is the head of our Office of Geology. They do a lot of geological mapping and uh, GIS work, but also um, uh, we regulate mining in the state, um, uh, primarily sand and gravel mining. Uh, but there is, we actually have a couple of coal mines in the state. People don't don't always recognize that or realize that. Um, our Office of Land and Water Resources deals with water usage issues, ground and surface water withdrawals, and managing uh, water resources from a from a quantity standpoint. Uh, and a uh, and a relatively historically obscure program that's getting more and more attention these days is the dam safety program. If you construct a dam of a certain size or build a lake of a certain size and can have to construct a dam, you're supposed to get a permit from us. And then uh, depending on the hazard classification and what impacts that a breach of that dam may cause downstream, you have to uh, design and construct your dam to a certain standards. And, and we, we regulate all of that. Uh, and then our Office of Administrative Services is facilities management and accounting and that sort of stuff. We also have... Uh, an office of uh, community engagement. They deal with environmental justice issues, and we also, and housed within that, we also have a small business compliance assistance program where we provide free of charge uh, to small businesses com uh, environmental compliance assistance. Um, and then the Office of Restoration uh, was created in the wake of the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. We managed the three funding, uh, the three restoration funding streams that came out of the litigation against BP and the other responsible parties. Uh, there were four funding streams. One was the economic damages, and uh, the, the legislature and the Mississippi Development Authority deal with that. But we we manage the three um, restoration funding streams, and it's a that's a big job. Uh, it, we've got about uh, seven hundred ninety three million dollars worth of projects currently underway, and uh, before the by the time the program is ends, uh, we will have managed somewhere between one point eight to two billion dollars all for coastal restoration issues. That's, so, a, that's significant. That's significant. I've spent a lot of time offshore and then fishing the backwaters, and you see signs of restoration all over. I mean, that's just that's just point of the deal. So tell me about this Mississippi Restoration Summit that's coming up. So it's our annual showcase. It's our opportunity to, to demonstrate to the public um, what we've been doing, what we've been doing, get input from the public on what they'd like to see us do in the future in terms of restoration decision-making and, and implementation of projects. Um, it's a, it's a, 
it's our biggest event of the year uh and we have uh it will start at 4 30 in the afternoon uh i'll go ahead and say it's, it's at the uh, coliseum the convention center coliseum there in biloxi um starts at 4 30 with an open house we'll have booths um there for folks to to come in and talk with uh, some of the people that we work with sister state, state agencies uh, like the department of marine resources uh, wildlife fisheries and parks and uh, forestry we work closely with those agencies particularly dmr on the coast uh, there's a lot of federal agencies that we work with um, and but also there'll be booths um, uh, the, the pro various project sponsors people that are implementing projects and there'll be an opportunity for the for the for the public to walk around and, and go from from station to station if you will and talk with the people that are implementing these projects and get kind of get information on that uh the the stat status of those projects and then we'll have uh beginning at 5 30 in the evening we'll have our what we call our main main event the, the main session we'll have a, a presentation where we will give project updates uh we'll give uh we'll announce projects for the next uh for the coming uh funding cycle we will uh, we will conduct the uh, what's called the annual meeting of the trustee implementation group, which is uh, related to one of the specific funding streams. And so, and then after that, uh, as that winds down around six thirty or so, we will have an opportunity for folks to sit down at a table with us and have and and have a face to face discussion about restoration priorities and um, and the things that folks would like to see us do as we move forward. So There's this this. Yeah, this huge, unprecedented amount of money that came from the oil spill. How how many years from from now will it will it be available for projects to be to be implemented? So the the payment schedule under the main consent decree, uh, not to get into too much detail, but there were criminal prosecutions, uh, and that led to criminal fines. Those were deposited into a trust account, a trust fund managed by the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation, and we work with them. It's called the Gulf Environmental Benefit Fund. We work with them to fund projects. That those payments have all been made, so that money's in the trust fund. The the civil penalty payments uh, for violations of the Clean Water Act and and the Oil Pollution Act those go out. the The payment schedule go, runs through 2031, and so the last payment from the from bp will be in 2031 and then we'll have project rollout from that point forward um so it's it's, a, it's 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 really you may never see anything like this again let's hope you don't but it's unprecedented isn't it it's it's that two-edged sword right it, you don't you never want something like that to happen but it's an unprecedented opportunity financially to to accomplish some things uh, that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do I led the oil uh, planning efforts for Governor Riley in Alabama when I was in Alabama, and we published a book just as we did after Hurricane Katrina, working with Haley Barber on the Governor's Commission, and it's informed a lot of a lot of what they have you know planned to do in in, in Alabama. But but what what I what I came to appreciate about the, the opportunities when you talk about restoration, the opportunities to do so much good and such a especially in this case in such a short period of time with unprecedented amounts of money it's it's kind of mind-boggling when you start talking about the rubber hitting the road and making selections and you know actually making these things happen in a way that as much you know you won't shovel in the ground you want it you don't want a lot of the people to get paid at the consultant level you you want 
brick and mortar or whatever it might be, yeah, hitting hitting uh, hitting the environment. Brick and mortar is probably not the right term because in this case, you're literally you're trying to get away from that. But you 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 know what I'm saying? It's it's truly unprecedented what we have the opportunity to do here in Mississippi. Well, and and that brick brick and mortar does come into play. Um, yeah. You know, the the Restore Act uh, in particular was passed by Congress. Uh, it, it was an amendment to the Clean Water Act. Typically speaking, civil civil penalties under the federal Clean Water Act just disappear in the federal treasury. This was this was Congress saying the folks that were injured by this and affected by this spill need to see the direct benefit. And so 80% of the civil penalties uh, through the Restore Act come directly to benefit the five Gulf states. And so and the and the they also recognized through the Restore Act that it wasn't just the ecology uh, and the environment that was impacted, but the economy was greatly impacted. And and in and in the coastal environment, the two are inter intertwined. Um, and so, anything that we do in terms of coastal ecological restoration, and we've and 80 percent of the money that we've of that seven hundred ninety three million dollars that I mentioned earlier, eighty percent of that has been toward ecological restoration projects. Uh, but that 20% is also important. And there's a wide range of projects that we've done both to uh, restore the economy and the ecology and the environment of the coast. And so, uh, and we could go on and on about all the different types of projects from tourism to workforce development to brick and mortar infrastructure type projects and then all of the ecological stuff we're doing. And it's, uh, it, it is, uh, it, it's, it's, it is a lot to wrap your brain around. Uh, but it, again, and as you've said several times, it's it's an unprecedented opportunity and, um, and to to impact the, the the lives of the people that who, who live, work and recreate on the coast in a way that um, you know, in some sense, we never we hope we never have that opportunity again, uh, given the, how we got it. But uh, but while we while we're at it, we want to do as much good as we can. Well, listen, as you, if you think about this restoration summit that's coming up, no registration is required. I bet it's going to be, we got less than a minute left, but it's going to be a bit mind-boggling to see all of the projects in, in one room at one time. You, you get a real sense of scope and scale at something like that. So good luck with, good luck with that. So on November the 10th, and I'm assuming they can just do a, a search on Mississippi Restoration Summit, and they'll well, be able to find the information. Our- our website is uh, www.mdeq.ms.gov, uh, or you can go to restore.ms. It'll take you to the web's page for the restore uh, for our restore work, and uh, and every, all the information you need is there. Chris Wells, it's been a pleasure to spend some time with you. We'll have you back soon. Uh, Chris is the executive director for the Mississippi Department of Environmental Quality, and uh, he's got a really important role in this state, so we'll we'll stay in touch with him. Have a great day, my friend. You too. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We'll Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.